Long History The Third Voyage of Christopher Columbus Part 7 The Admiral, Pearls and the Island of Perea Hello everyone and welcome to the seventh part of the Third Voyage of Christopher Columbus. I hope you're well and ready for the latest episode of Long History. This is the third of four journeys by Christopher Columbus. We've already covered the first two and they'll be available on your podcast provider or on longhistory.net, our website, where we've already got quite a collection of historic source documents now about famous journeys such as those by Sir Walter Raleigh, Francis Drake, Magellan and more. But at the moment we're focusing on Christopher Columbus. On this third journey he's headed further south than on his previous journeys. Previously he reached today's southern Bahamas exploring Cuba and Hispaniola on his first journey. On his second journey he was slightly further south reaching Dominica and then heading towards Hispaniola once again. On this journey however he heads further south still and reaches the very southern tip of the Caribbean at Trinidad Island. In the previous episode Columbus explored the Gulf of Perea between Trinidad and the Venezuelan mainland all the time assuming that the coast of Venezuela he was seeing was also a series of islands he didn't realise he'd seen the mainland. This history is a summary of Columbus's journey written by a man called Las Casas who, if you've heard the previous episode, was quite damning of Columbus and that habit of his of taking local people without their permission. It shows that even around those times these were rather questionable activities. And as this document was written by Las Casas who is reporting a journal by Columbus, sometimes we hear Columbus's words but sometimes Las Casas corrects things or gives his opinion or intrudes somewhat into the text. He calls Columbus the Admiral in this document and as this episode begins Columbus is continuing his explorations of this gulf without actually realising he's in a gulf and he begins with a discussion of some pearls which the local women have shown to him. So here we go with the third voyage of Christopher Columbus, part 7. The Admiral, Pearls and the Island of Perea. I never knew of these pearls that were found in the islands of Babueca, which are near Puerto de Plata, in this Española, and these besides are low under the water and not islands, and they are very dangerous to ships that pass that way if they are not aware of them, and so they have the name Abrelojo. The Admiral asked the Indians where they found them or fished them, and they showed him some mother of pearl where they are formed and they replied to him by very clear signs that they grow and are gathered towards the west, behind that island, which was the Cape of Lapa, the point of Paria and mainland, which he believed to be an island, but it was the mainland. He sent the boats to land to know if there was any new thing which he had not seen, and they found the people so tractable, says the Admiral, that, although the sailors did not go intending to land, there came two principal persons with all the village who induced them to descend and who took them to a large house built near two streams and not round like a camp tent in the manner of the houses of the islands where they received them very well and made them a feast and gave them a collation, bread and food of many kinds. And the drink was a white beverage which had a great value which everyone brought there at this time and some of it is tinted and better than the other as the wine with us. The men were all together at one end of the house and the women at the other. Having taken the collation at the house of the older men 
the younger conducted them to the other house, where they went through the same function. It appeared that one must be the cacique and lord, and the other must be his son. Afterwards the sailors returned to the boats, and with them went back to the ships, very pleased with this people. These are all the words of the admiral. He says further, They are of very handsome stature, and all uniformly large, and whiter than any other he had seen in these Indies, and that yesterday he saw many as white as we are, and with better hair and well cut, and of very good speech. No lands in the world can be more green and beautiful, or more populated. Moreover, the temperature since I have been in this island, says he, is, I say, cool enough each morning for a lined gown, although it is so near the equinoctial line. The sea is, however, fresh. They called the island Perea. All are the words of the admiral. He called the mainland an island, however, because so he believed it to be. Friday, August the 10th, he ordered sail to be made and went to the west of that which he thought to be an island and travelled five leagues and anchored. For fear of not finding bottom, he went to search for an opening by which to get out of that gulf within which he was going, encircled by mainland and islands, although he did not believe it to be mainland. And he says it is certain that that was an island because the Indians said thus, and thus it appears he did not understand them. From there he saw another island facing the south, which he called Isabella, which extends from the southeast to northwest. Afterwards another, which he called La Tramontana, a highland and very beautiful. And it seemed that it ran from north to south. It appeared very large. This was the mainland. The Indians whom he had taken said, according to what he understood, that the people there were cannibales, and that yonder was where the gold was found, and that the pearls which they had given the admiral they had sought and found on the northern part of Perea, toward the west. The water of that sea, he says, was as fresh as that of the river of Seville, and in the same manner muddy. He would have wished to go to those islands, except for turning backward because of the haste he felt in order not to lose the supplies that he was taking for the Christians of Española, which with so much labour, difficulty and fatigue he had gathered for them. And as being a thing for the sake of which he had suffered much, he repeats this about the provisions or supplies many times. He says he believes that in those islands he had seen, there must be things of value, because they are all large and high lands with valleys and plains and with many waters, and very well cultivated and populated, and the people of very good speech, as their gestures showed. These are the words of the Admiral. He says also that if the pearls are born, as Pliny says, from the dew which falls in the oysters while they are open, there is good reason for having them there, because much dew falls in that place, and there are an infinite number of oysters and very large ones. And because there are no tempests there, but the sea is always calm, a sign of which is that the trees enter into the sea, which shows there is never a storm there, and every branch of the trees which were in the water, and there are also roots of certain trees in the sea, 
which according to the language of this Española are called mangles, was full of an infinite number of oysters, so that, breaking a branch, it comes out full of oysters attached to it. They are white within, and their flesh also, and very savoury, not salt, but fresh, and they require some salt. And he says that they do not know or spring from mother of pearl. Wherever the pearls are generated, he says, they are extremely fine, and they pierce them as in Venice. As for this that the Admiral says that the branches were full of oysters there, we say that those oysters that he saw, and that are on the branches above the water, and a little under the water, are not those that produce pearls, but another species. Because those that bear pearls are more careful from their natural instinct to hide themselves as much further under water as they can than those he saw on the branches. Um, returning to where I dropped the thread of the history, at this place the Admiral mentions many points of land and islands and the names he had given them, but it does not appear when. In this and elsewhere the Admiral shows himself to be a native of another country and of another tongue because he does not apprehend all the signification of the Castilian words, nor the manner of using them. He gave names to the Punta Seca, the Isla Isapeta, the Isla Tramontana, the Punta Llana, Punta Sara, assuming them to be known, although he has said nothing of them or of any of them. He says that all that sea is fresh, and he does not know from whence it proceeds because it did not appear to have the flow from great rivers, and that, if it had them, he says it would not cease to be a marvel. But he was mistaken in thinking there were no rivers, since the river Yuyapari furnished so great a flow of fresh water, as well as others which come from near there. Desiring to get out of this Gulf of Bayena, where he was encircled by mainland and La Trinidad, as already said, in going to the west by that coast of the mainland, which he called De Gracia, towards the point Seca, although he does not say where it was, he found two fathoms of water, no more. He sent a small caravel to see if there was an outlet to the north, because in front of the mainland and of the other which he called Isabetta, to the west, there appeared a very high and beautiful island. The caravel returned and said that they found a great gulf, and in it four great openings which appeared small gulfs, and at the end of each one a river. This gulf he named Golfo de las Perlas, although I believe there are no pearls there. It appears that this was the inside corner of all this great gulf, in which the Admiral was going enclosed by the mainland and the island of Trinidad. Those four bays or openings the Admiral believed were four islands, and that there did not appear to be a sign of a river which would make all that gulf of forty leagues of sea all fresh, but the sailors affirmed that those openings were mouths of rivers. And they say true, at least in regards to two of these openings, because by one comes the great river Yuyapari, and by the other comes another great river, which today is called the River of Camari. Now not for the first time, we've got a rather confusing narrative here. Columbus seems to get lost talking about pearls, and then he's constantly seeing islands, and Las Casas seems to think he's being helpful in correcting Columbus and pointing out that this is the mainland and he's seeing river estuaries. But I think especially on first reading it all gets a bit confusing. 
For example, Las Casas says, which he believed to be an island, but it was the mainland. So we have to bear in mind throughout this that Las Casas is reporting Columbus knowing that he's mistaken in thinking that these are islands. And the fresh waters they're in fact seeing and discussing here are the waters of the vast Orinoco estuary. I believe this is the very northernmost tip of the Orinoco estuary which goes quite further along the coast towards the east. Might be mistaken there. But that's all for this episode. In the next episode Columbus will finally decide that he must leave this area once and for all and he makes his voyage back to the Spanish settlements on Hispaniola. Thank you everyone for listening to the latest episode of the third voyage of Christopher Columbus. There are three episodes to go in this particular series, so don't forget to subscribe before you move on to be informed of when the remaining episodes are released. If you can't wait until then, don't forget on longhistory.net there's lots to explore, lots more of these voyages of exploration. As you've made it to this point in the episode, I'd like to think you've liked it in some way, so please do give it a like or promote it in any way you can by sharing it with other people, for example. But that's all for now. Thanks again for listening, everyone. This was The Third Voyage of Christopher Columbus, Part 7, The Admiral, Pearls and the Island of Perea. Goodbye.